0: Amongst the vats in a winery, the Somalia applies a corkscrew to their rival's forehead in a gruesome manner that is ultimately unnecessary to describe. Realizing they will never age like a fine wine, the victim pierces a nearby vat, mixing red wine with their blood into a rapidly expanding puddle. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No, it's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Welcome to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case Detective Conan, Episode Five, the Shinkansen's Bomb Case. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, but I've been thinking about growing French grapes and changing my name to Noah Max Levine. It's already Levine, Levine.
1: it's already spelled that way. <laughs>
0: It's not a good joke, no matter which way you spell it. Why'd you shake your head? You're supposed to make an audible response to things. I'm shaking it as loudly as I can. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know, like, get a necklace with bells on it or something. For okay, the you asked
1: for it. I'm going to wear it to bed, though. Hmm.
0: Interesting. <laughs> right, so we'll be talking about this episode. It's also known in the U.S., as Case Closed Episode 5, The Time Bomb Express. That's where what you'll find if you go on Crunchyroll, which is the easiest place to find it. We're going to spoil the little mystery at the end of this episode. If you want to watch it first, it's up to you. Do it your own way. Joining me is our resident anime expert, not wearing a bell with necklaces on it, or a necklace with bells on it, but it, that could change, uh, Michael Savitsky, who continues to live with me and watch a lot of anime. Um, Yesterday, Michael, you got Mm -hmm. an unexpected package from Amazon Japan Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with a Japanese Nintendo DS XL.
1: Yes, I got a a Japanese 2DS for streaming purposes. Yep. I intend to mod the software, which is legal because I own it.
0: Just, you know, (laughs) whenever you do anything vaguely related to Japan, I mention it on the podcast so Mm -hmm. people know what your street cred is. Mm
1: -hmm. I spent a lot of time the other morning, I think it was two mornings ago, for no reason, no intent to purchase... But a bunch of people on Twitter were excited because Kodak is making a weird printer that looks like Pikachu for the new Pokemon Snap, and I was okay. just finding that product on, on Amazon Japan for people,
0: for some reason. <laughs> Get me a cake that looks like Pikachu, and then we'll talk.
1: Okay. That probably existed in, like, 1998.
0: <laughs> uh, Mike, what have you got for us today?
1: Uh, well, today's episode takes place on the Shinkansen, or the Japanese bullet train, as Americans call it. I don't know why we call it that cuz it's fast and we like guns. I don't know. Uh I couldn't find any justifiable reason for that. Are they sh- they're not really shaped like bullets either. Like they're not
0: shooting it out of anything to get it to move very fast. No, I
1: mean there's like there's one very small portion of the Shinkansen is a, a maglev section like you know like magnetic rails and those are slightly bullet like. But anyway, I digress. Uh the Shinkansen is basically a large almost not a straight line, but it branches mostly just around Tokyo and otherwise all the routes are straight lines. And the idea was to connect all the various distant regions of Japan together, which, like, isn't that wild because it's not that big of a country. And to sort of, I don't know, foster economic growth in the boonies, make everything accessible. I can't imagine, like, taking an hour-long high-speed line train to work every day, but I guess a lot of people do that in America, too, especially in D.C.,
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm all for, like, these maps that you see of train routes all across the U.S. and high-speed trains. Let's Mm -hmm. do it.
1: Yeah, well, Noah and I were, as of yesterday, in our recording time, bought tickets. Uh, We're very excited to go to Japan next March. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we bought the tickets. We're going... (laughs) If the world doesn't explode. If there's no briefcase with a bomb on (laughs) the world. One hopes not. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I was researching... Uh, the prices for like a pass for the Shinkansen. And apparently uh-huh. they have a pass that specifically tourists can get for like the Shinkansen and the Amanote line in Tokyo and like all the buses and stuff. But it's like, it's like 286 bucks for seven days. And I'm like, you have to use it a lot. Or is it maybe, maybe
0: you don't have to use it a lot to pay for it. I don't know how much the tickets cost. It seemed like not that much. Yeah, we can go into more detail on our spinoff travel podcast, Flying Message. Mm-hmm. all right that got a laugh out of our mystery guest i think it's time to introduce him i would (laughs) listen to it (laughs) so who is our guest this episode i'll give you some clues our guest this episode is an improviser he's host of fair deal an improvised mediation podcast an avid sports fan and one time he solved the mystery of clearing the smoke i've cracked the case it's joe wenderhovich
2: hey
1: no, I said you were gonna give us clues, but you just told us the answer right away.
0: Okay. Yes, I gave the clues and then I revealed the
2: solution. <laughs> you gave very little time for people to like <laughs> sink those clues in and think about it. Mm-hmm. But well, hopefully, if they've gotten
0: this far, they like looked at their phone when they pressed play and saw your name. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. If we have any disagreements, me and Michael while we're while we're recording this, we'll expect you to mediate. Since mm-hmm. that's the theme of your improv comedy podcast.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm recording on my end, so we can just do a two for, you know. <laughs> uh, it'll be the same exact thing with a different title.
0: Oh, that would be so fun to to try to do both at the same time. <laughs> make it make sense.
1: I don't know that these are the two podcasts for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because
0: I was I was just listening to your the episode of your podcast yesterday with uh, Tom, Sam, and Tom and Courtney. Um, and like Tom's character in that podcast episode, I am recording from a bathtub.
2: Yeah, uh, I I see that. Um, <laughs> hey, you look comfortable. So you do you. you. know, space is at a premium.
0: I
1: would tell I would tell
0: everybody that Noah is lying, but he'll just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to get me to not edit something out is to tell me to edit it out. Right. right. Great. I did to it. Make a joke about me editing it out. <laughs> I love our editing jokes, Joe. Let's let's talk about you. Sure. And specifically, your connection to mystery media. Okay. So I'm talking about books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, T-shirts, where the front is
2: different from the back. Uh, So I love a good plot twist at the end, um, or just a mystery type movie. Like the Clue movie is one of my all time favorites. I'm sure people bring that up a lot.
0: Oddly, Oddly, I don't think we've heard it that
2: much. Oh, really? Oh, I love it. Not even so much for the the actual plot, just like the fact that the characters are ridiculous and funny. One of my favorite mystery uh, things, I guess you could call it, is when I was in seventh grade, one of my teachers, Mr. Foch, was his name. He had a book called Five Minute Mysteries, and it was just a book of like one to two page long mysteries, and he would just Whenever we had downtime, he would read one to us and they were so much fun. It was like the one thing I feel bad saying this because he was a great teacher, but the one thing that he did consistently that the whole class enjoyed. And for years, I anytime I would go to a bookstore, I would look for this book, Five Minute Mysteries, and I could never find it. And I've even looked on Amazon and, you know, online and I still can't find it. So when I think of mysteries, that's the first thing I think of is this book, this mysterious book, because I'm not sure if it even exists or if it's just uh, I, I I thought of it in a dream because I can't find it now. Michael, you're recording in the
0: bedroom. Can you go grab the book from my bedside table that's not in a pile? Oh, my no. gosh. Is,
2: <laughs> do you have this book that I've been looking I for? I have some <laughs> version. Okay. I mean, I ha- it's been a few years is since it, I've this, actually... Is it this book? Oh my... Are you serious? <laughs> Wait a minute. How long are the
1: stories?
0: Uh, One to two pages? Really? I mean, I've seen a couple different books that are similar things, so this might not be the exact one. Oh, that
2: is wild. I, I swear I would... I've looked for this book so many times. I got it from a used bookstore. Okay. This was copyrighted in 1989. So That's be, so crazy. It's probably it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. I, I mean, it's been a while since I've looked for it, um, but I'm in shock.
0: I'd like to think that when I put that on my bedside table like four months ago, I was planning yeah. this moment. <laughs> wow. There's only like four books on there at the at the moment. <laughs> I should just keep a stack of books and then bring on guests. And <laughs> <laughs> Is this the book you've been looking for? Yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. That that is such so exciting, and you were struggling to think of a mystery to like talk about. That's and true. And we still yeah. we still will definitely get to the mystery of the dissipating smoke. Yeah. But that's a good one too. Looking for this book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I have a quick question, if if you don't mind, please. Any movies stand out to you that have like really great plot twists at the end? You're not talking about mystery movies necessarily. Not, not No, no or just like you know a who done it that really caught you off guard at the end
0: The the obvious one is like if you haven't seen uh, oh god Murder on the Orient Express No no the the big the big one from 2 years ago Oh Knives Out Knives Out
2: Oh that was great
0: yeah The other thing if you haven't seen is The Handmaiden No I haven't seen that Which is it's like a 3 hours long Korean film adapted from a British novel the novel was set in, like, some time period in England, and the movie takes place in uh, Korea while under Japanese colonial rule, and lots of twists in there.
2: Okay, cool.
0: I don't know. Michael, are you, are you thinking of any movies with crazy plot twists? Uh,
1: well, as soon as you said plot twists, all I could think about was uh, Near Replicant, which is a game oh, I'm playing I, right now, a Japanese video game, which I'm playing right now, which is notorious for its many plot
0: twists but it's not a mystery game so <laughs> there are some good plot twists in video games
2: okay cool, cool
0: well i'd also like to encourage our listeners to help joe out and uh, if you can think of any good movies or stuff with good plot twists for joe send an email to us at, at Yeah, and we will we will
2: make sure you forward <laughs> it to me it. yeah <laughs> thank you appreciate that
0: so the other question i want to ask you about the other thing i want to ask you about is anime Okay. How much anime have you watched over the years?
2: Very, very little. So Pokemon started getting big when I was probably in like 7th or 8th grade. And I really, really tried to get on that train. (laughs) And I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't for me. I mean, I thought it was entertaining, but there was too many moving parts, too many Pokemon. And then I tried... Dragon Ball Z, same thing. Couldn't get into it, and then I just kind of gave up on the whole genre. To be, <laughs> to be honest with you. But my my nephew, who I live with, he has just started getting into Pokemon. And is it okay to like consider Pokemon anime, or is it like there is an anime? Yeah, okay. I didn't know if like Pokemon was like the sellout of anime. Everybody in the world loves it. It's fine. All right. <laughs> okay. Cool. So now I'm like kind of being reintroduced to it because he's he's all about Pokemon now. But other than that, I really have not watched a lot of anime until I watched this episode that we're going to talk about, which was so much fun. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really can't wait to talk about it. But yeah, I, I don't know a lot about anime, so I apologize. That's perfectly okay. Um, there wasn't...
0: A train full of people, depending on your knowledge of anime. <laughs> okay, good. So, like their lives depended on it. Mm-hmm. Good, because it would not have ended well for them. <laughs> so the other question I always ask, I think you have probably answered it, is if you've ever seen mystery or detective anime before. Uh,
2: no, I have not. Just this, just this episode.
0: Yeah, this this is definitely a fun one, and f- and it'll be fun to talk about. Um, so as we move into talking about Detective Conan episode five. Mike, what do we need to know about the anime? Okay, I promise not to do the big long thing again. Also, that was
1: exhausting. Um. <laughs> yeah, go back to last week where Michael read, like, the whole
0: the whole plot summary introduction.
1: <laughs> uh, detective Conan is uh, essentially the story of Shinichi Kudo, a high school detective known around Japan, question mark, in this fictional universe, uh, who suddenly, uh, while watching a mysterious steel go down, gets ambushed and is turned into a child by a weird poison that was maybe supposed to kill him. Uh, and now he hides his identity as Detective Co- or as Edegawa Conan, uh, while living with his high school almost-girlfriend, Ron, in order to gather information about his assailants and solve mysteries. Yeah.
2: His almost-girlfriend? What does yeah, that mean? They were
1: like at a theme park about to confess their love to each other, and then he got turned into a child. Oh, wow. What bad
2: timing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But they're, like, so committed to each other, like, neither of them's going to date anyone else. Like, they're that close to dating.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: It's interesting because you mentioned your six-year-old nephew, and I think for those of us that, like, you know, we're not elementary school teachers or have a job that interacts with kids, and we're not parents, like, all kids kind of lump together in some ways, and it's hard to be like, what does it mean to be, like, a six-year-old kid? And so when we talk about Conan in this episode and his three friends that are also on the train they're all that age
2: right I was confused about that so his friends are like way younger than him they're legitimate elementary schoolers okay who were not shrunken so they weren't shrunken they're he, this guy just hangs out with kids
0: uh the kids hang out with him okay <laughs> yeah. okay
2: so he's like a mentor to
0: them he he gets put in their elementary school class and they follow him around okay
2: and uh force him to be their friend. Do you have to like explain the entire <laughs> plot of the whole show at the beginning of every episode? I'm working on no. how much to no. explain. Okay. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs>
0: There's like not a lot of plot that happens in this show, but like the premise kind of gets rehashed over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, please please ask the questions. And we'll ask the answers, offer the answers. Okay. The The other thing right at the top is the an opening of the anime, which is always usually like 90 seconds long, a good song or something. What do you think of the, the opening here?
2: Um, I didn't really understand why they kept referring to the first end of the century <laughs> and how that, how that ties in with the show. The song doesn't always tie in with the show at all. It's just, it, it was... just a song at the time yeah Uh, okay i mean it was catchy but i didn't really understand (laughs) i didn't really know what they were talking about the song was probably more uh a
1: product of the era it aired in than anything about the show okay so did they use a different song for every episode uh it switches every is it 13 or 26 with detective conan
0: um i don't know if it if it switches like clockwork but yeah somewhere in that range it it absolutely switches like clockwork (laughs) It's really not clockwork, is it what? not? There's one song for episodes one through thirty, then thirty-one through fifty-two, then fifty-three oh. through ninety-six. I think it has to do with seasons. Usually, when they break for seasons, mm. okay, that makes sense. But they have now over a thousand episodes of this show, so they've used 53's different songs. Wow, is <laughs> it? Are they still like making it?
2: Hmm. Oh wow,
1: thousand episode was like a f- few weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Is he still, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but is he still shrunken?
1: Yeah, no no time has passed.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: The status quo remains more or less intact. Gotcha. All and right. This is one of the early episodes where the where, like, there's even a moment in this episode where he's like, I'm going to have to reveal my identity uh, to Ron to, yeah. to <laughs> save the day. And it's like, yeah, you can play with that because this is like the fifth episode. But a thousand yeah.
0: episodes later, and he know. still hasn't told her. <laughs> yet. Right. He's been living with her for a thousand episodes and hasn't told her.
2: That must be frustrating for her. Like, what does he want to tell me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Just tell me already. She thinks she's in a long distance relationship because he'll call her up on the phone. Oh, okay. He has a voice changer and bow tie so that he can sound like his old self. (laughs) Of course
1: course he does. Although his most common use for it is to incapacitate her father and pretend to be him so that he can solve mysteries.
0: All right. I need to
1: watch more of the
0: show. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially these early episodes that are up on Crunchyroll right now.
1: Yeah. And as this episode starts out, we get introduced to one of his very often used fun gadgets, his power kick shoes.
2: Yes. Made by a professor? Mm-hmm. Where is the, Where is this professor? Like, where does he teach? <laughs> <laughs> he
1: just invents wacky gadgets, and Shinichi is the adult identity of Conan, and they were
0: neighbors they before were neighbors, Conan shrunk. Yeah. It's more like, you know, like, doctor- yeah. Doctor, such and such, Professor, gotcha. such and such. Okay, we don't really know, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're just chilling. So the, the the show starts with all of them riding on the train. They're going to Mori Kogoro, the detective's best friend's wedding, and they notice that he has these fancy shoes. And then they just do a flashback where the professor is like, "I made these shoes for you."
2: Yeah, and he's uh, what's the man's name again? Who they're going to the wedding? Mori Kogoro's best friend's wedding. He's shaving on the train, but like he's using, I think, I guess it's a mirror he's holding up like to his face, but it's like the size of like a quarter, which I just thought was interesting. That's like the first thing you see in the episode is him just like holding this tiny, tiny thing and just shaving. It was interesting to me.
1: I wonder if that's a common, like, I don't have any time in my life, Japanese transit thing.
0: They kind of call him out for it. So it doesn't sound like it's a normal thing. Yeah. Just from the way that they talk to him,
1: I googled Japanese transit mirror, but it doesn't seem to be a thing, so I'll leave it at that.
0: You <laughs> can do all sorts of crazy stuff on this train, and I'm like, what is the etiquette here?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's more than plenty of uh, American people who like do their makeup while driving a car and stuff. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, in the flashback about the shoes, he explains how they work, and they basically empower up his kick power so that he he can use his soccer player skills to kick things. Quote, electricity and magnets stimulate your muscles, thereby substantially increasing your kick power. Which is sure. probably not how muscles
1: work, right? No.
0: I mean, if it was possible, it would be used as a weapon mm-hmm. in the military and whatnot. So so that's where we meet Kogoro, who is the detective, his daughter Ron, and Conan, who is a six-year-old boy currently and forever. And then the three kids enter. There is not really much reason for them to be here. And let me actually tell you that when this existed in manga form, before this story was adapted to anime, the kids were not in this story at all. So they have just shoehorned them into this plot here.
1: They're literally like, why are these kids here? And it's like, who cares? Their parents paid.
2: Yeah, that was the entire like explanation. Oh, their tickets are paid for. Okay, moving on. (laughs) I guess I'll bring these children to my friend's wedding. Right. Maury did have a moment.
0: He's usually wrong about everything, but he like said their parents are bad parents. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> just sending these kids on this train where they just run around unattended for half an hour.
2: Right. But also he was apparently up late the night before and passed out in the doorway. <laughs> and that's why he couldn't shave or something like that Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah his character traits are generally being a bad detective gambler
2: womanizing and uh, and drinking a lot Mm -hmm. yeah he doesn't have much room to talk when it comes to parenting (laughs) Mm -mm. this this is true yeah we don't
0: get much from the three kids in the episode did you pick up on any of their character traits (laughs) each of them has
2: like they're slight they are distinct from each other sometimes So, one of them, I I don't know their names. Um, I don't know if they said them. But one of them, and this is kind of like fast-forwarding a little bit, knows, like, everything about the train. He's like, oh, the non-smoking cars is the green car, uh, second level. There's three non-smoking cars. Like, I don't know if this kid takes the train every day to school or what, but he, like, had all the information to give like immediately without thinking about it, which stood out to me. Mitsuhiko is definitely supposed to be the, like the smart one. Okay. Where Conan is an uh, above-averagely
1: smart child because he's actually an adult. Mitsuhiko is like your regular precocious know-it-all child.
2: Okay. Yeah. Like he knew how many smoking cars there were, which I thought was interesting <laughs> for a child. He knew that he knew the best cars, for, like the the best uh, cars to be in if you wanted a scenic view. So. Oh well it turns
1: out that's still a thing. When I was looking at the passes earlier, uh the green you the green pass is basically twice as expensive and that lets you go on one of the three green cars that are on every train on the Shinkansen.
0: And they're and what, it's because they're double height that you can get to a top a higher level and see more. Yeah, they're more they're basically scenery?
1: like the the fancier ones. They've got better seats, outlets. Aww. It's like first class as far as
0: public transit goes. And they don't let people on with um, briefcases,
2: with briefcase bombs. Oh, interesting. So this is actually like based off of an actual train. Yeah, these... Noah actually saw that these trains,
1: specifically the 100 series, were just retired in what, 2012? 2012. Oh, wow. Because this
0: episode is set in 2004.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, sometimes they fictionalize this stuff, but in this show, they do that sometimes. Mm
2: -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm.
0: And... Conan realizes he he decides to go to the bathroom, for for I think some reason, and he walks past people that he thinks are the the men in black that gave him the poison in the very first episode of this show. Mm-hmm. But the hint that they might not be is because we don't see above their necks. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, if I can get the pills from them, I can turn my we can figure out how to turn myself back. Um, and actually they're like sitting like three rows away from
2: him, which is very convenient. Mm-hmm. So these these two people just happen to be wearing the same exact outfits mm-hmm. as the other two people that shrunk him. Same hairstyles, similar face shapes. The the hair color on the long-haired one was off and you could tell yeah. right away. <laughs> so is that like a a running like theme where he runs into two people dressed <laughs> only for the first like, few episodes before okay. that premise runs thin. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> there are other, there was another time when it's like he heard that there were men in black. Mm -hmm. involved with something and he ran to figure out what it was okay so he just he's trying to chase down leads but just getting into regular mystery
2: trouble yeah
1: actually that organization and lots of its members become involved in the plot they're all named after
2: alcohol oh cool is this a children's show yes Uh, a family show family show family show okay
0: yeah, slightly, old, slightly older audience than Pokemon for sure. The other <laughs> thing is it it kind of grew in popularity among families, so the earlier episodes are a little grittier and more adult. Yeah. I
2: just wanted to know the, the target audience.
0: Yeah. He wants to try to get the pills from them. He wants to know what's going on. He, he follows them a bit, sees them go into the dining car, and then he goes back to the seats they're sitting in, and uh, he has a listening device, which isn't really explained to us, but it's part of his glasses. Um, and he uses gum to stick that under their seat.
2: Yeah, he wraps the mic in gum, like comp- like, and I'm just like, wait a minute. There's <laughs> no way, and I know it's not real, <laughs> but like, <laughs> there is no way you would be able to hear anything if you wrapped your mic in gum, right? We could test this, but I don't want to ruin my microphone. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And then sticks it under the seat, and then the, his friend just sticks her hand and just grabs the gum bare hands, yep. and which was I, I thought was kind of gross. But I could be nitpicking.
1: Well, she was intentionally being helpful because so Ron, the, the the older female character, caught him sticking the gum and she probably would have like gotten rid of it by Ayumi. She was like, I'm going to put it in the ashtray exactly where you wanted it to be because I know you're trying to do something cool. One of his children friends. Which is like surprisingly perceptive. Right.
0: Yeah, Ron really plays like the sh- children's chaperone role in this episode <laughs> and p- pulls them out of the- all the trouble that they're getting into. Life-saving trouble. And this is when the-, the guys come back and he realizes they're not the same guy, but he's like, you know what? They've they've clearly up to something. They had an attache case before. And now they have a suitcase. So I'm going to see what they're up to and listen on, on their conversation. And I do want to note, Because this is the moment where he figures out they're not not the same guys. This was another weird change, like, of the kind of changes that they made early on in this show. When they, in the manga, in the original version of the story, it was the same guys. Oh. It was literally the two people that poisoned him on this Mm. train. Which is much more of a coincidence. So, Mm. I don't know what is, like, stranger to believe.
2: Maybe they just couldn't get one of the voice actors back. I don't know. So, does everything, like, just work itself out in that version? Like... It's pretty much otherwise the same.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, actually things kind of just work themselves out. We'll maybe talk about it later,
0: but things just kind of work out at the end of this episode too yeah, in that regard. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but this, these glasses are another weird gadget, and it's not just that they have like he pulled off, you know, on glasses. If everybody has glasses on, I'm assuming all of our listeners wear glasses because mm-hmm. that's our target demographic. If you like... I don't know the name for it, but if you take your glasses off and go like all the way to the back end of the part that goes over your ear, there's like that little rubbery tip. Yeah, the ear bit. Mm -hmm. That was like the microphone that he removed and put in the gum under the Mm -hmm. seat. All right, you can put your glasses back on now, especially if you're driving, please. (laughs) Great. Yeah, this is actually weird because in all future episodes, he has
1: very gadgety glasses that do completely different things. Yeah, And I don't know if we ever see this microphone
0: feature ever again. (laughs) I don't know if he uses this again. But the the thing that specifically I saw, and I'm getting some of these facts from the very fine folks at the Detective Conan wiki. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout Shout out to the wiki. Because when he establishes his identity in the second episode, he's like, oh, if Ron sees me, she'll remember what I looked like as a child. And so he grabs his father's glasses from the desk and punches out the lenses and puts them on. But in this episode, and from now on, the glass, fake glasses he wears have lenses. Interesting. There's no uh, mention of that. I just, mm-hmm. since all of our listeners are glasses, I I can't, I have to give them all the glasses. Wait, n- now
1: our listeners are just the glasses? We're not even targeting <laughs> the human beings wearing the glasses anymore?
0: <laughs> yes, our listeners are giant <laughs> anthropomorphic glasses. <laughs> wow, well, Noah.
2: The lens, the lenses of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was, uh, there was the microphone, and then there was, there was one other thing that the glasses did too, right? Or am I... Well, he uses it to listen. To li- oh, right. Duh. And that's okay. the
0: fancy thing, right? Like, they have the microphone, and not, it's not like there's um, a headphone or an earphone or something. They actually, I wrote this down, use special sound waves to directly stimulate his eardrums so he can hear. One would argue that's how sound waves always work. Right. <laughs> Maybe low range? somehow but i guess because this is 2004 it's like there's not bluetooth headsets and stuff yet in common
2: use i wonder why the the microphone goes at the very back like behind his ear like why not put it i don't know near the frames Well, because
0: you, you're supposed to take the microphone off and hide it somewhere and then listen from afar all right yeah you don't generally need to listen to like the, the front of your head or yeah <laughs> okay no that
2: makes a lot of sense
0: does your forehead commonly talk behind your back? That's physically
2: impossible. I don't know. I mean, if it's, if it's talking behind my back, how would I know? I, I can't prove that it's not. Yeah. So when he's listening into their conversation,
0: boy, do they have some secrets that they, they divulge. They just pulled off this deal. They got 100 million yen in the new case that they have. And they gave someone like, information on how to strike gold which I'm fine to spoil this now. It turns out it's just insider trading information and it's not literally about gold.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that they they go and do this transaction and then go back to their seats and then just talk about exactly <laughs> what they just did step by step. <laughs>
0: yeah, the one guy like harps on the other guy for talking loudly. He's like, no one can hear us. Yeah, No one has removed the ear tip from their glasses and
2: <laughs> right. put it in this gum here. Oh, and then the, the one guy opens the ashtray and he's like, there's something in the ashtray. Oh, it's just gum. Like, he was startled by a piece of gum, which I thought was funny.
0: <laughs> it totally worked. Well, they, I guess there's, they would be suspicious of, like, bugs and things like that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, pro tip, hide all of your spy microphones in wads of gum. Chew up yeah. wads of gum. I feel like in this modern era, you'd
1: maybe just fire off an email with insider information. You wouldn't, like, meet somebody on a train. An encrypted email.
0: <laughs> well, there is still sometimes a value in physical documents, I guess, especially in espionage. I don't know how it works, but like, because computers (laughs) computers can be hacked, but if you have information that only exists on a piece of paper, someone has to get their hands on that piece of paper to get that information. Mm. USB hard drive? Yeah, but the moment you plug (laughs) that into a computer, it becomes, Mm. if
2: if the computer is compromised, the data is compromised. Mm,
1: mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. I feel like a lot of movies in like the late 90s, early 2000s, like everything was always just on like a USB drive that everybody was trying to get their hands on. <laughs>
0: what was the movie? I feel like was oh, it Zoolander? Mm, Zoolander yeah. where they try they're like you got to get the information out of the computer and oh. he smashes the computer. <laughs> he's
2: like the files are in the computer. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh so good. Yeah, he's expecting someone to hand him a briefcase with the files in it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, we we go into a lot more detail on um, espionage tech in our spin-off podcast Spying Message.
2: Joe, would you listen to that one? Yeah. <laughs> I would also suggest a flying message where all the secrets are written on paper airplanes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's not a bad idea. Just a
0: thought. Um, so he learns about that. But then the next thing he learns is not just that they pulled off this deal and got the money and gave the secrets, but that there's a bomb in the case, which if the like briefcase is dropped and there's a large shock, it'll go off in 10 seconds. Or it'll go off at three ten. At three ten, and it's currently two thirty. So that's in forty minutes. I feel like this is a poor business model. If you blow up, like if you
1: don't give any actual insider information out and just blow up your, like how how are people by like word of mouth going to find out about like your your business?
0: Like here's the here's the secret, Michael. <laughs> the person who is blown up can't go on Yelp and review your business. <laughs> <laughs> they've been blown up.
1: Well, how do you build a rep? Obviously, this kind of thing happens like purely through reputation. So, who,
0: where is the reputation if they're just blowing everyone up? Mm. Mm. It's a good Short sighted. Short sighted. Um, the other thing that he realizes that from the way they talk about it is that the person is going to somehow trigger it. They, they talk about like pressing a button at 310 that's going to make them blow up. Um, and he, he, he puts together that this means it's not like a time bomb, but that something is going to happen at that time. And I love this moment where he kind of gives himself away because he's listening to them and he's like, it's a bomb. And everybody oh. <laughs> in the car turns
2: and looks at him. And then he's <laughs> like, I mean, eight times eight, right? Is that this, That's the part you're talking about? Yeah. They're translating
0: literally the Japanese words that he's saying. So the oh, okay. word he said initially and the words for eight times eight sound similar to each other. So oh, he's like, okay. what do elementary school kids shout out loud times tables
2: yeah remember when we were kids and we would shout out multiplication problems every time i stubbed my toe i mean i had to do that i had to do that in class yeah.
1: we would all in unison recite the, the times tables very loudly
2: Ugh.
0: the way we drilled it was um what was it called math, minute, math minutes minute maths oh where you'd have like a sheet of paper with all of the different things and you'd have a minute to do as many as you could and if you had the most, you they would put it up on the bulletin board.
2: Oh, nice! We had something similar. Uh, we called them time tests, and it was, and we would use it for like addition, subtraction, you know, all of the forms of math. <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed it because there was a lot of pressure, and I really thrived during time tests. <laughs> That's it. That's my note. Yeah, you you might have done pretty well in this situation
0: because it's, it's like it's kind of. An escape room situation, like 40 minutes to save the train.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, I want to do an escape room on a train. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, you can't really escape from a moving train, though. Well, maybe the final bit is you stop the train. I
0: don't know. Yeah. And then you walk home. <laughs> we Actually, we did we did that escape room that was a steampunk train. Yeah, that was all right. Like, there were lots of... chuk wasn't a real train, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania has lots of trains that are just sitting there being, like, museums, question yeah. mark.
0: We could use one of those. Let's do it. So he's like trying to figure out, and he gets away from Ron and he starts exploring the train. And he has the problem that any little kid happens when they happen to overhear a dangerous plot is that no one will believe him. These two guards he tells just like make fun of him.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: They do offer to call Anpanman. Yeah, who is that? Okay, yes. Over my head, over Joe's head.
1: Uh, Anpanman or Anpanman. I guess would be a better way to say it is like a, a cartoon character for like in the Nick Jr level of oh. advancement for children uh that's he so anpan is red bean paste filled bread uh that of probably course. sounds gross but they they're actually really they're really An good An
0: is red bean paste and <laughs> pan is bread Yeah it's
1: it's it's a sweet dessert and it's actually uh maybe off-putting for people who've never had it before but I like it uh, but yeah it's just his head is that and he's a superhero and he like saves children from like, I don't know, math problems, puddles. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Puddles. <laughs> math puddles. Mm-hmm. But um, as he's running around, he thinks back to their conversation and, and comes up with two clues. The first is that one of the men was like, oh, I can finally have a smoke. And he's like, where, why, why weren't they smoking before? Well, they were in the dining car and you're allowed to smoke in the dining car. So that wasn't it. Oh, so they must have been, it must have been the person they were talking to it doesn't smoke. And so that's why they decided, he decides to look for the person in the non-smoking car, which is when Mitsuhiko is like, uh, these are all the non-smoking cars. Mm-hmm. If
1: they remade this, this episode now, uh, hopefully, I don't know for sure. Hopefully they're all non-smoking, I hope.
2: <laughs> I don't know, probably. <laughs> oh, that would just make the mystery so much harder. <laughs> <laughs> Finally,
0: I can chew this gum. The non-gum-chewing cars. <laughs> well, you have like quiet cars and loud cars, so yeah. And then the per- they talked about that the person was going to sit in their seat and look at the scenic views. So they know that they're in one of those green cars we talked about earlier. Uh, and there's only one car, number seven, which is non-smoking and a green car.
2: Uh, Car seven, second floor, to be precise. Mm. Right, where you can get the good
0: views. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is our commercial break, and um, it sounds like today... We should do a commercial. What was the thing we were practically advertising earlier? Anpan? Gum? Five Minute Mysteries? Five Minute Mysteries. You can find your copy of Five Minute Mysteries at your local used bookstore. Michael is holding it up for reference. See? (laughs) Here it is. There it is. (laughs) You know, our our listeners who are anthropomorphic glasses Mm -hmm. have very good vision because they're corrective eyewear. But they have no eyes.
2: They can see sound.
0: Hmm. Okay, but they they also have no ears, and they're listening to a podcast, so you've got to use some imagination here. Hmm. I feel like these are very horrific things. They
1: don't look good in my brain.
0: So, right after the commercial, there's a really, I guess, cheap shot of the kids walking through the train, where it's just a series of still shots rather than actually animating them walking through. <laughs> and that was so—I'm going to be thinking about that late at night tonight. <laughs> really it was that jarring for you it
1: was that jarring yeah <laughs> i feel like a good sit still shot searching montage isn't out of the question for this show
0: well that's true but it's not like it was a shot of someone looking under a table and then a shot of someone looking above the dresser like we've seen that kind of thing before we saw that um we saw that thing in um kabuki cho sherlock which was uh, which we covered a couple episodes ago but here it's like they're just moving closer and closer to you down the aisle mm. and just showing you like right arm forward, arm center, left arm forward, like that kind of thing.
2: It's important to know how they got from one part of the train <laughs> to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have appreciated a map. Right. We don't have time
1: for animation on this animated show, Noah. <laughs> there's a bomb.
0: That's true. And there's four people on in this car who all have a black briefcase all the rage in 2004 sure i mean
1: honestly that sounds like a low like a low number to me not like an
0: outrageous high number i feel like every briefcase is black or brown or brown michael (laughs) and he interacts with the he, he spots the four people and then he interacts with them in sequence i don't think they get named in the episode but they have names anyway is that what you're about to tell us they do have names, but I swear they're not given in the episode. Uh, well, maybe in the maybe they get suspect boxes in the manga. You know what? I'm looking at episodes 240 and 241, which is the Shinkansen transport case. So they've gone back onto the Shinkansen. Ooh. The Shinkansen's bomb case. No, they do not have name. They're referred to as man A, man B, woman, and old man.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, two of these four people are terrible people. <laughs> you mean like the guy who literally punches strange children and nobody thinks yeah. it's weird so the he punches detective conan and then conan goes to the woman and then the guy like pulls his hair or something and then is complaining that he, <laughs> that he's trying to get work done but you see him just like eavesdropping on their conversation <laughs> yeah i i referred to this guy as
0: business guy he's clearly a jerk He's got uh, glasses, a gold Rolex, he's doing stock trading on his laptop, and yeah, he's he's no good. The, l- the lady was very nice, and- Well. <laughs> she was very nice to, like, when he came up and talked to her. She was reading a newspaper, she was wearing makeup, she had earrings on, her briefcase was sitting on the seat next to her, and he just goes to look out her window, and she tells him that you can see Mount Fuji out the window. Mm-hmm. And he, he just casually touches her briefcase and notices it's locked. Um, and he just straight up starts asking people if they've been to the dining car which like is one of the advantages of being a child is nobody's going to think it's too weird yeah for a child to ask people if they went to the dining car
2: yeah then then the third guy with the gold glasses was also a terrible person Whenever you're ready to get into that. Well, he was literally <laughs> dressed like a member of the
1: yakuza. So
0: this guy had a gold watch. He he also he had gold rimmed glasses, like two eye scars, one on uh, in, on each of his R's, like vertical scars. Wearing two big rings, and I I think he was drinking a beer. as a uh, As a lifelong uh, eyewear
1: wearer, I'm not wearing my glasses because I have my contacts in, but I swear I have them. Uh, it your glasses me a lot. are
0: busy listening to the podcast.
1: Yes. Uh, it bugged me a lot because they like explained he's got these expensive, like literally glasses made out of gold. And then he wipes the lens with a napkin. Yeah. You don't wipe the lenses of your glasses with a napkin. You will scratch them instantly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a fancy train napkin. There's some pretty soft napkins out there.
1: No, you use a microfiber cloth or a t-shirt.
2: Um, and then he kicks all four of the kids... In, in one kick, and they all go airborne. <laughs> and then again, nobody, like, says a word. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Nobody complained when they were running around the train for 20 minutes just
2: on their own. Oh, no. Actually, <laughs> so he kicks them. They all go airborne. But then Ron sees it, and then she's like, oh, you kids, come with me. You're getting in trouble or something like that. She doesn't vouch for them. No.
0: There's this whole business with his briefcase. But before we mention that, he, was he eating an octopus leg?
1: He was chewing on a piece of dried squid, I think, which yeah, is probably still weird.
0: Hanging out of his mouth, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hanging out of his mouth like not a tongue. Just gnawing on some dried up seafood. It's got to be a tough thing, like having a cigarette in your mouth or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I should get like um, a fake octopus leg to dangle out of my mouth sometime and pretend to be a tough guy. People finally take me seriously. (laughs) In uh, over Zoom, people won't be able to smell it, so they won't know it's not real octopus. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go.
0: So what happens with this guy's briefcase? Oh, it's full of underpants. Yeah. Yeah. His heart boxers. He's so worried. He's like trying to catch it before it falls on the floor because they get into kerfuffle and eventually it drops. I don't know how it was packed. It was packed in a way that when it flung open, the underwear went into the air like the children earlier
2: right and then unfortunately for him his love boxers with the hearts on it were very visible for everyone to see
0: (laughs) yeah i wasn't sure if they were trying to be like this is a creepy guy who like carries around underwear but he just had all sorts of underwear in there like was he a traveling underwear salesman traveling door to door with his briefcase (laughs) i don't know who
2: would buy underwear off that guy he was so mean
0: (laughs) i wouldn't buy anything (laughs) off of him There are weird things in Japan, like underwear vending machines, right? Is that that still a thing, or was that just a thing once? I
1: feel like that probably happened once, and the internet heard about it.
0: Yeah. People would totally buy weird underwear for things. (sighs) Out of the briefcase. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to go to the right place. You just got to
2: know the right person. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. You got to have an underwear guy. Yeah.
0: To
1: be fair, if I saw a guy wearing, like, gold-framed glasses, I might, like, think, I'll bet that guy sells creepy underwear. (laughs) <laughs> on a train
2: yeah
0: once you see it you can't unsee it like oh he's the underwear guy I see it now <laughs> the fourth guy is the old man who mm-hmm. is hard of hearing and we ask him about the dining car he he responds about Disneyland he also has no eyes <laughs> and gigantic
2: <laughs> eyebrows mustache facial hair all white hair he's mm-hmm. very old mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he seemed to you know just love life mm-hmm. he was vibing like he was very friendly. He was probably my favorite of the four, if I had to pick mm-hmm. one. If I, had to, if I had to sit on a train with one of those four people, I think I'd go with the old guy. My
1: product manager on my team at work would not like him because he was what she would call a Disney adult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I might be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so the point we're at in the mystery is that he has ruled out the guy with uh, who only had in his briefcase, because that is neither a bomb nor gold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and he realized that each of the people had one thing that could maybe be used to trigger the reaction. The angry guy had a laptop, the woman had a cell phone and the old man had a tape player and so I guess the mystery for us that we're trying to figure out is which one of these people did it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but Ron won't let him go anywhere and he has come to this point that Michael referred to earlier where he's thinking about telling her the truth Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. gets so far to say I'm not really Koten Edagawa, and I'm not really a grade school student and she he's talking like so seriously and so grown up. She and uh, Not using the correct honorifics that a child should use for like a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, huh? And if you're watching this for the first time, you're almost like, oh my God, he's going to tell her. Mm-hmm. But you know, a hundred episodes later on, he's never going to tell her.
2: No, I, I knew immediately something was about to go down. <laughs> I was like, because they gave so much time for him to say it and he wasn't saying it. <laughs> like, too much time to the point where I was like, Yeah, they're not, they're not, he's not gonna fess up.
1: But I wish he did. To be fair, sometimes sometimes, Noah marches up to me and acts like he's about to declare something and then spaces out for about a half an hour and then just walks away. Oh. And I, I try not to
0: think about it. <laughs> no, I think what actually happens is I solve the mystery. So, like, in this moment, he realizes that it was the woman and it was her cell phone because that is the thing that makes the most sense. Um, and that she was sitting on the wrong side of the train to see Mount Fuji, which she said she was going to see. And that maybe she was in the dining car when she said she was in the dining car and all this stuff. And then at that exact moment when I've solved the mystery and you're still waiting for me to say something, the three children that follow me around come up and bother you and distract you while I run away.
2: And one of the one of the children knows where everything in your apartment is. He's like an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I also love this because he, he gets he summons them by being like, Ron's going to buy you food and I wrote down what their three meals were. Does it? Do you remember what any of their foods were? Well, I don't remember, but I'm going to guess that uh, Genta's
1: was unagidom, because that's what he likes.
0: They they translated it as an eel box lunch, but yes. yeah, he he likes eel. He always wants to eat eel. One of them was
2: French cuisine. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? that's Mitsuhiko, who knows all about the train. He wants a full course French cuisine. And Ayumi just wants sushi, which is pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Boring.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. And this is the best part of the episode by far. We can disagree on this. Maybe you're more into explosions of underwear. I don't know. But he spots the woman and she's dialing her phone and she calls the number and he realizes that that has triggered the bomb and it's going to go off in 10 seconds. And how is he going to get the bomb away from the train with just seconds to spare? He kicks it. right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's kick this up a notch.
1: Well, it's very fortunate that they managed to set it up. that uh, So it's already activated, and it it does have like a shock detection thing to set it off, but that also has a 10-second timer. So it's totally okay if it's already going to blow up in 10 seconds for him to kick it. Under any other circumstances, he couldn't do it. There's
2: a convenient window nearby. Um, I like how after he kicks it, you see it fly out of the train, explode, and then they cut back to him, and he's still holding that kick pose with his leg in the air. <laughs> he was very dramatic about it, as if it wasn't dramatic enough.
0: Yeah, usually when I kick things, my leg goes back down to the ground pretty much right away. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is much less dramatic than it gets in some of the later episodes and the movies where it's like zoom in slow motion, watch his kick, make contact with the thing, watch the thing kind of bend mm-hmm. and then watch it like zoom through the air.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And he's kicked all sorts of crazy stuff with those shoes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then doesn't the woman say something like, who are you? And he's just like, oh, I'm just a kid or something like that. Or or does he, he admits it, right? He says, I'm
0: Conan Edagawa, detective. Which is the fake name he made up when he got turned into a child, but he does say oh, he's a detective. Gotcha. Right, right. And then he's like, oh, but I'm just a kid. Ha ha. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we get kind of some resolution from the episode in narration over like some still images. They were late to their wedding. Not important. I don't know what they did with the three kids while they were going to this wedding. Who only knows. That's when we learned it was insider trading information. They had told her to call a number at a certain time, which is how she set, why she, they knew she was going to set up the bomb at 310. Also, those two guys, because they're not the men in black who are recurring characters in the series, got arrested at the end of the episode.
2: So everybody, all all, uh, all loose ends were tied. <laughs> yes, all the loose ends were tied up. Did you watch through the credits and after the credits? Because there's more. I did. I watched the uh, all the way to the end. And I have a comment about the song at the end, if, if we can get into that. If not. Yeah. So one of the lyrics is, I was in the same place last week, but with different clothes. Which <laughs> like, I just thought was interesting because he's wearing the exact same outfit that he does as a teenager. Also pretty normal to change your clothes from one week to the next.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that, like, I go to work. Well, I don't go to work. I've never been to my current job. It's very weird. But normally, I go to work and I wear different clothes.
0: Uh, so yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we've made too many references, but I will just say, if you're listening to this at some far point in the distant future, we're recording in spring of 2021. So that's why we're, we never leave our houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about the ending song and, like, who sang it in a bunch in a bit more detail two
2: episodes ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's a decent song. Did you like this song? I did. Again, just like the beginning, very catchy. Uh, but I was like really re- trying to read the lyrics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: hard. It's hard to do all the things at once. Yeah. And that was just the one lyric that uh, stood out to me. Because like the whole time while I was watching it, I was like, this guy's wearing the same thing he wears as a teenager. How do they not know it's him? Or that at least there's something fishy going on with this kid, but. And then the next episode, not to spoil anything, is Valentine's Day. So I'm curious. I might check that one out, too, and see how that goes. Yeah, I I wish I had synced it out so we could release
0: this at Valentine's Day. But nope, we're releasing this in the middle of the summer. Not even close. (laughs) And he always gives a hint, and the hint for next episode is chocolate. I will say we are going to, next week on this podcast, be covering that episode. We don't always go, you know, in order and stuff. But next week we'll be covering Detective Conan episode 6, a Valentine's Day murder. Japanese version of uh, Valentine's Day is interesting and like a, a, more
1: than a little sexist, but I'll talk about it next time because if I talk about it now,
0: what will I say next week? <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe. Yes. You, you you told us right out that you enjoyed your viewing experience today.
2: I did, what, yeah.
0: Y- yeah, like what was, what was
2: it like watching the show for you or what did you like about it? Just like all of like the how everything just kind of worked itself out so conveniently, like the three friends just happened to be on the train. These two guys just happened to be wearing the exact same thing that the, uh, you know, people that shrunk him did. I just found that, that part of it very amusing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, and then of course the, uh, briefcase that had all the underwear in it was very (laughs) childish and fun and, and took me back to, you know, the, the shows I used to watch as, as a child. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh,
1: I guess, Murder, She Wrote energy is how I usually think of it. Where it's just like, they've done a thousand episodes of the show. They just walk into crimes, like into like into a place where a murder is going to happen just about everywhere they go. It's like right. the, the, the power of coincidence is on their yep. side. We're out to get them, one or the other.
0: Sometimes they're invited somewhere. Sometimes they're just on vacation or like at a restaurant. It doesn't matter where they go. It right. can strike at any moment
2: yeah um no i I'm not just saying this i I think I'm gonna continue to watch this show I think it's <laughs> it's it's on my list now it was it was a very fun watch
0: nice. yeah okay my other question was right what did we think about the mystery in this episode it wasn't a murder mystery it often is was were there were, there were like some clues along the way but like we couldn't have necessarily known the thing he noticed at the crucial moment which was like that the what which window and which side of the train the mountains were on.
2: I don't know. Was it, was it, quote, solvable? Was it satisfying? I think it was definitely solvable. I don't think I would have been smart enough to figure that out, like thought back to the, the scenery and thinking back to their conversations earlier. Uh, but I thought it was a good mystery because I thought when he started going through all the briefcases, I thought it was the old man. Just because he just seemed so innocent. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, it had to be him because he just seemed like too good of a guy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the mystery for sure. I actually did find it like,
1: I didn't solve the mystery or anything. I didn't remember it was the woman. I had my suspicions for other reasons, but I did clock that it was weird that, like, she was talking about how nice they kept talking about how nice the view of, like, Mount Fuji was out this window, and we never saw Mount Fuji out that window. And I'm like, why didn't they show it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm. I get that he's short, but you'd think they'd
2: like... They probably have a still shot, so why not use it? Um, and then the two other guys, they were just like... They were too terrible. It was like, no, they want us to think it's one of these guys, but it's there's no way it is.
0: Yeah, whenever there's like a lady who is nice to the main characters, I always think that she's going to be the one who did it. Yeah. <laughs> and often that is the case. Yeah. But not always. Ladies in particular, but I, but but men sometimes too. Mm-hmm. I don't say that to like be sexist to ladies, but the, that's like how it works on this show. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not how I feel about general murders or like anything like that. But but all
2: murderers are women is what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's what you're saying. No, okay. we got it. No, I'm
0: <laughs> saying that um, women are killing it in the year 2021. They're doing a great job. <laughs>
1: No, all murders are anthropomorphic glasses.
0: Michael, you can't do that. That's our that's our demographic. Ah, oh, those sweet, sweet downloads that that put me to sleep at night. You do fall asleep to the sound of downloads every night.
2: <laughs> Does it matter what you're downloading, or you just have to be downloading something? Oh, I only download
0: large legal files. Okay, and by that I mean.
2: Are we talking like zip files? Yeah, I, I bought a subscription to Shutterstock.
0: Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And I download high quality images. Excellent. Oh, I see. So
1: not legal documents. You're not downloading large legal documents. No. You're, well, you're they downloading could be legal easy. documents, not legal documents. Okay. That was the joke I thought I was going to make, but I, d- I doubled back.
0: Mm-hmm. Should have trusted your instincts. Speaking, speaking of doubling back, uh, we hit on this right at the beginning of the show. Joe, first of all, you've been a pleasure and I'm glad you had a good time we had a good time uh, talking with you thank you you've got your podcast fair deal oh no I didn't write it down here fair deal and an improvised mediation podcast correct yes
2: yeah where can people find that so we are on apple spotify google pretty much all of the all of the big ones stitcher also we are on instagram and facebook just search fair deal an improvised mediation, uh, and it'll and it'll come up. And uh, we're at this moment six episodes in, so yeah, yeah, uh, a little bit of a backlog, but not too overwhelming for all you podcast heads. Oh, and t- totally, like people don't have to listen up in order, or like, oh no, no, they're all uh, completely separate from each other, so. Just pick a, just pick whatever title you like the best, and start with that one. Depending on what kind of person
0: you are, you might need to start at the beginning because some people have that need. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm
2: the, I'm the same way. I, I, mean, I listen to a couple of uh, improvised podcasts um, that I know don't have to be listened to in any order, but I'll still start from the beginning. Yeah, just to, it's easier to keep track of where I am and and where I have yet to go. What's the lowdown on what goes on on the podcast? So, um, I invite three comedians, three different comedians each episode, and I'll read a dispute, a real dispute um, that I've heard from a friend or a family member or whoever, and it's usually lighthearted, nothing too serious, and then myself and one other of the guests will be mediators and then the two remaining guests will be the will play the parts of the people that have this dispute and need it to be mediated um and it's all made up on the spot yeah and uh (laughs) yeah it's been a lot of fun it's such a good uh audio format because like people
0: talking through their problems and what i love is how you start with kind of the the problem that's been presented and you learn so much more about who these people are and what's going on with them. And, and uh...
2: yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to know a lot of very funny and creative people with wonderful brains <laughs> and one, and they're very good at creating these, these very fun characters. And I just kind of sit there and let them do their thing. And I just say, uh-huh. Yep. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> And they do all the work.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you have sidebars and stuff and all it's, sorts of fun stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you love mediations, this is the podcast for you. It's, <laughs> no,
0: if you love improvised comedy or and, mediations and,
2: or me- yeah, and if you love both, boy oh boy. <laughs> no, uh, spoiler. I don't know anything about mediations, so <laughs> uh, which you could probably guess by listening to the podcast. But yeah, please uh, check it out. Yeah,
0: people should definitely do so. Yeah, thanks, Joe, again. Um, And I want to talk now directly to our listeners. Um, If you can, you know, take a break from like correcting someone's eyewear for just a second. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. The best thing you can do to support us is to rate us uh, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate us or review us on PodChaser. Um, Other sites where you might be listening to this, if it doesn't have that option, you can probably subscribe or do something like that. But it's great because it lets other people know that you're enjoying our podcast so that they know to listen to it. You know, if they're in the bathtub and need something to listen to or whatever the situation is. You can stay connected with our podcast. We're Dying Message Podcast on Facebook at Dying Message Pod on Twitter. Almost started an Instagram for the podcast the other day, but I didn't. So we're not on there. But you can find a fair deal on there instead. (laughs) And um, send us that email to dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com We are doing Detective Conan next week. We've got some other fun stuff coming up. I will actually do a, a, just a brief shout out to two weeks from now. We will be doing our first ever dying message extra, which means we'll be just doing something extra special. And it won't be anime, but it will be a murder mystery special for Pride Month, a gay murder mystery from the mid 2000s. And I do not expect that it has aged well, but I'm excited to find out. Um, so we've got some nice uh, LGBTQ comedians coming on to join us and uh, do that sort of thing. Hold on, listeners. Did all of your glasses lens just fog up with smoke? Joe, <laughs> is that not, how <laughs> not how, work? that's not how glasses <laughs> work at that's all. Not how glasses work. <laughs> we can talk about that later, I, Michael. Right now, I need to ask Joe about the, uh, the mystery
2: of clearing the smoke. So, my mom, my my wonderful, lovely mother, um, was a smoker really all her life. She started smoking at 13 years old, which is just wild to think about now. And as a child, I, of course, you know, didn't like that she smoked, and uh, my whole family didn't like that she smoked, and we – she – she even didn't like <laughs> that she smoked, but we all know how smoking goes. Um, and she tried the, the gums, the patches, everything. Um, and she, for years and years, tried to to quit. And I finally figured out how to get her to quit. And it's by just being the most annoying child you could imagine. I I used to, like, play... <laughs> I used to, like, play mind games with her, and I almost feel bad now. I would, like, hide her cigarettes from her and, like, just break them and just, like, run them under water in front of her. And it was very odd. Um, but I would do this for, like, you know, I did, probably did this for, like, six months or so until she kind of got to the point where she felt just, like, so bad that she... I don't know. I, it just worked and she just, she quit and it was hard. And, you know, I think for a while she, she was kind of mad at me, even though she knew I was trying to do something to help her. Um, but yeah, I, I cracked the mystery on how to, how to get my mom to quit smoking. And this was in like 1999, maybe 2000. So it's been a while and she hasn't had a cigarette since, um, and every year she, her I think August first is her anniversary of quitting and every year she she brings it up and tells me it's the best thing I ever did to her even though she'll she'll admit <laughs> that uh at the time she found it incredibly annoying and just wished <laughs> I would stop but now she's grateful so
0: yeah that's not something you see advertised on on the billboards
2: <laughs> yeah just looking like being to quit able... smoking <laughs> yeah i was like a real like I, I couldn't just like throw them out i had to be like very dramatic about it you could kick them off a train there you go <laughs> <laughs> the, the running them under the the water
0: is is so interesting to me because it's like making
2: it useless Without destroying it, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I would run them underwater and then just like leave them on the kitchen table. Like I, I don't know. I really like went too far with it. I guess. Yeah,
1: you, we we must have very different parents because that would not have gone well for me after the
2: first time. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's my mystery.
0: Yeah, you were like. Trying to come up with a mystery, and and I think this works because anytime you got a problem and you don't know how to solve it, you can call the Ghostbusters, or you can call it a mystery. Right? Is that how the Ghostbuster song goes? No, I don't know. If there's something strange in your neighborhood, you can call them. If there's something weird and it doesn't look good, you can call them. Joe, have you ever have you ever thought of coming up with a name for this and like publishing it as um, like a veritable quitting smoking method
2: oh gosh um i haven't but now i'm trying to think of a good one off the on the spot (laughs) i don't know just be like the worst most annoying person ever smoking quitting technique (laughs) created by joe Wendelhovich. that's the name of it how to make enemies and get your mom to quit smoking right
1: right wait i just came up with a great idea we'll call it five minute
0: mysteries oh (laughs) that's great And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast, episode 37, in which we solve a mystery in under five minutes. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Joe Wenderhuvich. Coming up, why is Valentine's Day in Japan so labor-intensive for women? Will Ron get to celebrate Valentine's Day with the person she loves? Why is Conan a jealous creep? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note, the dying message. Let's edit this silence out later. No, I'm going to... F- Noah, be sure to edit out this silence later. <laughs> oh no, now I,
2: <laughs> now I can't edit it out because you mentioned it. Is this the is this my time to curse? Can I curse now? Mm-hmm.
0: You can curse what... No, oh, I, I thought I thought I said you could
2: curse. Did no, I say you, you couldn't did. curse? No, you did, did. I was just joking. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: did it come in?
1: No, yeah. you always tell everyone that we don't curse a lot on the podcast, and that's true. But I sure curse a lot in my notes. <laughs> fuck your notes. I'm like, it's like, fuck this child.
2: Fuck this kid. <laughs> uh, look at this beautiful idiot lady. No. <laughs>